Spotify. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Libricularist Podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Liberal Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisical Libricularist. Today is her video games day. Combining Thursday and video games. Yes. Why the hell not, I say. Something I like to say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers, folks. Uh, spoilers in video games quite often to me are not a huge, huge deal. However, for some people they are. So, different strokes for different folks, as they say. Hence, The spoiler warning, despite the fact that I don't find the spoiling of video games would ruin my experience of said video game. You with me? You feel me? Yeah, feel me. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment in iTunes, as that is what helps others find the podcast. Yeehaw! Don't know why I did that voice, and I apologize. That will, of course, take us into the last piece of podcast-related business, which is today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is the Serta Seely Simmons Matrix-style Goobed Pod. Once again, today's sponsor is the Serta Seely Simmons Matrix-style Goobed Pod. Thank you to them and that. Very much appreciated. Today I have a very, very special horror video games day. Well, is it? Yeah, it's a little bit. Just because I believe that the game I am going to talk about, which is of course Saints Row number 4, or Saints Row the 4th, or Saints Row IV, if you prefer Roman numerals, is probably, I think, the craziest game I've ever played. Over my video gaming career, let's call it, I've played a lot of crazy video games. So saying that Saints Row number four is at the top of that list, I think is saying a lot. You know what? Mm, Let's just to be on the safe side, as I like to do, as far as my ratings of things such as that, say that it is definitely within the top three of craziest video games I have ever played. I think maybe Bayonetta's in there. Saints Row the Third, actually, might might be in there. It's what I like to do with, say, someone asks me, what's your favorite movie? Or things like that. I kind of have like a rotating top five or some such. Just for, while we're talking about ratings, hey, That seems like a good opportunity to give out my rating of this. Yeah, nice segue. Way to go, Jordan. Segway king. Uh, five out of five. Yeah. Uh, no sort of qualms about it. You want qualms? Well, too bad. I don't have any to give you. Easy decision to give it a five out of five. So, as I talk about this game, I think you will be able to tell that my enthusiasm for it and things I say about it 
are going to make it pretty obvious that I would give it a 5 out of 5. So, there you go. Now, I uh, did something with the purchase of this game that I very, very... I'm going to go ahead and throw an extra very infrequently do, and that is prepaid, pre-purchased this game. I only do that with games where I know I will like them. So I'll do it with the Fallout series. I'll do I did it with Dead Space. Um, it's just not very often I do it because it's not often I it, it's if it's it's only if it's a game coming out in a series, a series that I have loved every other game within the series. That that kind of idea. Uh, and this time in particular, the pull was so strong because I got this is going to feel like bragging. I got the Game of the Generation edition. Very, very limited. I think they only made some thousand of them. And uh, it comes with a whole whack of shit. For example, uh, and sort of my pride and joy of this set, is the dubstep gun. It is a gun that shoots dubstep. If you are unfamiliar with dubstep, as the missus was when I repeatedly shot her with this gun... <laughs> It's a form of quote-unquote music. I don't know if music is even sort of the right word to describe it. It's a series of noises that people um, call music, but most people would think sound more like a series of noises. Anyways, it's a gun that exists in the game that I now have in real life. So, pretty goddamn awesome. There's a uh, super secret red button of destruction that you push and destroys things. Mm -hmm. Yes. There is a statue. Mm -hmm. A statue of a character from earlier games. Yes, gotta have that. Uh, there is a spinning light-up display with a plaque uh, saying which sort of number of the game you have of this edition. I have, like, number 2,300 and something, I think. And lastly, of course, there's the game. Yeah, You're gonna want one of those as well. So, uh, pretty, pretty awesome. I kind of really like these super special editions of games that uh, seem to be coming out more and more frequently now. They, they cost more, obviously, but you get some pretty friggin' awesome cool shit. And I like it. So, quite often, I buy them. Whatever, leave me alone. So, this game starts out that uh, you are the President of the United States. <laughs> if you played Saints Row the Four, sorry, Saints Row the Third, you'll know that it's kind of you're building up your gang. You start out, and then, and that's not something that is abnormal in games. The way in which you go about it is quite often abnormal, and the tools you use to do it is quite often abnormal. But that in itself, you start off lowly in a gang and eventually build your way up until you're a gang leader, and you sort of build up, build up, build up, get money, get power, get the women, get the whatever, you know, things of that nature. However, it sort of comes about through your building up of gang powers that you end up being the president of the United States. So, you know, pretty pretty good. You did a good job. <laughs> then aliens attack. This is all, I should say, you being the president of the United States and aliens attacking happen within the first five, ten minutes of this game. So where do you go from there? Where the hell do you go from there? Mind-boggling. Uh, not to mention the fact that I will mention, and this is a bit of a spoiler, that the entire Earth is destroyed. Hmm. 
President of the United States, alien attack that destroys the Earth five minutes into the game. <laughs> what the fuck? How do you, what do you, why would you do that to yourself? Why would you make, why would you make it so difficult to have the rest of your game be more exciting than that? And yet accomplish it. And yet accomplish it. People, this is a, this is something that doesn't happen very often. A ballsy maneuver and paid off. Alright folks, uh, before I get in any further, I'm gonna have to stop and get a little of the old breakfast as I do once a week, so I will edit, edit, edit this out. However, through the miracle and magic vetting, you don't actually know what I'm stopping to do. Perhaps, just perhaps, I am going to um, pull over to this pool table, rack them up, and rack them back down again with my um, mad pool skills with a Z. You just will have to take my word for it. You'll have to take my word for it. Back in a moment. Editing. 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 On the road again. Road again. That was the On the Road Again remix, as I am on the road again. Something very, very satisfying about being the President of the United States. Aliens attacking and then jumping into a giant cannon and fending them off. Unsuccessfully, sure, sure. But uh, still, very, very fun and funny, perhaps. During the course of this opening sequence, all of my friends are captured. Damn those aliens. Beamed away. Until I too am uh, captured and beamed away. I wake up and I am in Steelport. Steelport being the name of the city in which, during Saints Row Third, I had sort of built up my gang. Steelport, however, not the original Steelport, because the Earth was destroyed, so how could that be? What is happening? Where am I? Well, turns out I'm in a sort of virtual reality created version of Steelport. So this seems smart from definitely the game maker's point of view because I imagine a lot of the sort of creation that went into making this city in the first place could be reused and slightly tweaked and perhaps upgraded rather than creating the city from afresh. So um, all the work that I had sort of created in this steel port in the previous game, in game number three, had been destroyed because the sort of leader of the alien badasses, his name is Zinniak, who just on that note I want to say the voice actor who did everyone was awesome, but perhaps Zinniak in particular had sort of an English accent to him, which is strange coming out of a giant alien's mouth, but I liked it. Anyways, uh, he had destroyed all of the work I had completed in the third, third game sort of out of spite, because he really doesn't like me too much. Why doesn't he just kill me right away? Well, it would have made for a short game if he hadn't done that, I suppose. Eventually, I'm sort of put in touch with Kinsey, who's sort of my right-hand woman when it comes to VR, just because she kind of knows what she's doing as far as computers goes. So she's talking directly into my brain, brain, and eventually, in fact, fairly early on in my VR world, I gain superpowers. 
folks, I'm the president of the United States in a VR-created world with superpowers for 90% of this game. And it is awesome. Awesome. Awesome is perhaps a word that is thrown around willy-nilly quite often, and I am guilty of it as well. However, this game gives me awe at how fun it is to just run around, jump around, glide around the city, collecting shit. Big on that, the collecting of shits. And uh, it's just so, so fun. Going from one end to the city to other, to the other just gives you a sort of sense of power and accomplishment and fun. Downright fun. It is then up to me, again fairly early on, to escape from this VR-created simulation. Why would I want to do that? Well, I guess because in the real, actual, existing world, I need to get my revenge on with Zinniac. So uh, that, that does happen. There is segments. There is segments that take place in the actual, real, existing world. Not, I shouldn't say world, perhaps, because the Earth has been destroyed but on a spaceship that, I guess, Kinsey has commandeered for our uses. So, uh, first I wake up in sort of a Matrix-style goo pod. Hey, today's sponsor! What? <laughs> Anyways, uh, and then I have to escape from Zinyak in the real world, where I have no superpowers, and I'm covered in goo, and I'm naked. So, <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of fun to go from Super, super powerful, jumping tall buildings in a single bound, quite literally, to escaping from a, a pod covered in goo, weak and stumbling along. It makes you feel very, very vulnerable, which is, I believe, what they were going for. I do escape, because that is what the game intends, and I am not too bad at video games. Uh, so from that point on, it's sort of me and Kinsey on the ship alone traveling into the VR simulation and out at will, and that sets up the majority of the gameplay. Me going in, for the most part, I think the way you can look at it is wreaking havoc in order to destabilize this simulation. Wreaking havoc as well as, <laughs> it's one of those things where you could just sort of fill it in with sciency reasons. Various sciency reasons mean that my wreaking of havoc will allow me to free others, all my friends who were also captured, free them from their own virtual reality. However, they are all sort of trapped in their versions, different versions of virtual reality nightmares, which is a very, very cool idea, and uh, I'll get into it later. But basically, each individual will have their own sort of smallish sections of the game devoted specifically to their individual nightmares created in virtual reality. They're all sort of totally different from one another, to the point where even gameplay drastically changes, and it's totally sort of separate from the rest of the game. Very, very cool idea. Some of the people that I saved, just sort of as an example, are Keith David, who I believe he was my vice president. Keith David, who is uh, narrated by the actor Keith David, <laughs> who in this video game uh, plays Keith David the actor. What the fuck? Keith David, uh, he's probably an actor who may not recognize the name, but I have a feeling that if you were to Google and get a look at his face, you would recognize him. There's, of course, uh, Kinsey, 
who I believe was sort of the first person I rescued just for the reason that she's good with computers and I am trying to destabilize a virtual reality, so it's good to have someone like that on my side. There's Sid, C-I-D. He is a sort of repurposed robot, float, floating spear robot. Mm -hmm. Gotta have one of those, right? Uh, Shandi, Shandi, who is one of my sort of right-hand women from the original game. Pretty much a total badass. There was actually two versions of Shandi, which was kind of cool. There was the actual real existing version of Shandi. Then the virtual reality created version of her, which was sort of like a younger sort of Rastafarian version of her. So they did not get along, needless to say. Basically, I will go into the VR, rescue them from their VR nightmare, and that would then mean that in the actual real world, they would be escaping from their Matrix-style goo pods on Zinyak's ship. So then I would have to go there and rescue them from that. So it's kind of a double rescue. Rescue in VR, rescue in real world. Very, very cool sort of returning to Zinyak's ship repeatedly just because in those sections, because you're just a normal human, what you're going to need is power armor. It's a goddamn mech suit, basically. So uh, those sections, again, despite the fact that you're in the real world sans superpowers, you are in a goddamn giant mech with rockets and friggin' guns and stuffs. Folks, I'm at work. Obviously, I knew I wasn't going to finish this on the way to work, so... Well, I didn't. I will be back in eight hours to polish this off like so much. Um, brass? What? Monkey? Brass? Monkey? Final thing to say, and that is, of course, Oh. My. God. Love you, Tearies. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back! We are back! We are back! We are back! Back! back. Back. We are back! Back in action! Hello again! Eight hours of work completed! Working robot powering down. It's so sad when the working robot powers down. Although it's also happy because he's the working robot and he gets to power down for the day. So, it's bittersweet. Bitter. I don't even know her. You brought her, you bitter. What I think I should do, because I don't have a great amount of time to polish this off, is kind of rapid-firely, uh-huh, not a word, go through my notes. So that is just what I'm going to do, because it's what I think I should do. So, yes, indeed. Uh, and my notes are kind of, because I'm taking them over the course of playing this game for many, 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 uh, many hours, are just sort of point form things that happened that uh, kind of interest me. Things that I thought, hey, this is cool, why don't I mention it on the podcast? Things such as the ability to do text adventures within this game. I'm playing a video game in which I'm in a virtual reality, and my character in this virtuality, virtual reality is doing a text adventure that is on a computer in the virtual reality, my brain has just exploded. So, I think, can't really remember if I was ever really into text adventures on the computers way back when, when they first came out. I kind of don't think I was, which I suppose 
takes a slight bit off of my nerd cred, so I'll admit it, despite that disadvantage. Uh, there's a section, or perhaps several sections, yeah, several, depending on how deep you want to go into side quests, and just sort of on that note, I did every single side quest that was available. Every uh, single one that could possibly be done, I did. One of these side quests that you would do from time to time was called Superpower Fight Club, which, as you can imagine, is a fight club with the addition of superpowers. However, not so much a fight club like the movie, you know, Fight Club, more of a kind of sort of kind of sort of running man feel to it, like the movie Running Man. Hmm. So it's kind of you going into this arena, uh, sort of like. Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome, like the movie Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome, kind of like that, where you go in and battle other people and uh, use your superpowers. Cool. I like. One of the missions involve saving a... You're, you're always sort of saving your friends. That's part of the main storyline. Uh, one of the sections involved having to do it stealth, stealthily. I have mentioned from time to time, in fact, quite often, whenever it's come up, I do not like stealth sections in video games. This one, <laughs> fucking Jesus, this one made fun very, very heavily about of sort of stealthy video games, things that always happen in them, such as shooting out light, things like that. However, then it proceeded to make you do all of those things that happen in video games of the stealthy variety. So, made fun of it, but then made you goddamn do it. So, double-edged sword. Uh, that's something I've heard a complaint about in video games before. In a funny video game, they will be making fun of other video games. However, if you do that, and then continue to do things that you are making fun of within your own video game, it is not a good idea, because people like me will point it out and say, Huh? Why? Who? Why would you do that? It was very sort of Metal Gear Solid, um, Splinter Cell-y, that kind of feel to it. There was a, a section of this, the sort of bad guy of this section was an evil version of myself, so, uh, so that was kind of cool. Something that that sort of virtual reality allowed them to do is something like that where my character had an evil version created by the holographic program not holographic but virtual reality so I like and mention there was a part where uh, unleashed on the city was a sexy virus <laughs> that was good I liked because I always uh, well I say always I've done it twice now make my Saints Row character like this super sexy, giant boobed, wearing almost no clothing except for nipple covers woman. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I do. Uh, is that funny? Is it sad? I don't know what it is. It's just what I do, people. Anyways, so she was sort of infected by this sexy virus. And the funny thing about that is the sort of idea behind this virus was that it would slowly make my character more and more sexually, provocatively dressed. However, her original outfit that I had her in was probably, I'm just going to go twice as um, sexual 
as the end, outfit she ended up being in the end, which was like a sexy cowgirl kind of thingamajig. Very, very funny. And any game where there's a virus unleashed on a city that turns things sexy, it can't be all bad. There's a section where rescuing another buddy of mine, a giant anthropomorphic Godzilla-sized energy drink wreaks havoc on the city, mm -hmm. as it does. Sort of reminiscent a little bit of the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, and I had to battle that. Good times were had by all. Something that I think was very, very popular in Saints Row the Third was brought over to this one, and that is... Uh, it only ever happened the, with one character within the game, but it was the same character that it happened with from the previous game, and that was we were sort of driving to a mission. Driving because occasionally my superpowers would be stripped from me and I'd have to drive around like a common person. <laughs> Anyways, they made that fun with the addition of a sing-along. So I remember in... I think it was in this game and last game. No, no. In, in the last game, me and my pal driving along to this mission sang the sublime song, um, Love is What I Got. That kind of blew my mind. I remember talking about it on the podcast, meaning this one, how just sort of like, Jesus Christ, this is a friggin' brilliant idea. And it really, really pulls you in, really, really makes you feel like these two characters are just a couple of buds driving around singing to a song that pops on the radio. In this case, is the song, uh, Say He's Just a Friend, and they say he's just a friend. This is babe, I got what you need. And say he's just a friend, that one. And because of the popularity of the first time they did it, they did Saints of Rage by um, Johnny Gets Brian which is a song I'm not quite sure. I, I wrote it down. I, I can't quite remember how that one went, so I will not sing it. You're welcome. That part made additionally funny, probably one of my favorite parts of the game, is that, strangely enough, uh, because the bad guy, Zinniac, at one point sort of joins in with the sing-along. He sort, he sort of interrupts us mid-song with his singing, and we're like, Jesus Christ, this is ridiculous. I loved it. Oh, <laughs> I'm an idiot. I was getting my notes mixed up there. Uh, yeah. Saints of Rage actually is a reference to the video game Streets of Rage, which is a 2D side-scrolling beat-em-up. So uh, another section in which I am rescuing a pal sort of the screen went 2D, the graphics went horribly 1990s and 80s, and uh, had to work my way through that, which, uh, again, it's making fun of it, but also made me do it, which wasn't a great amount of fun. There's, some, there's jokes throughout, so it made it bearable, at least. Throughout the game, you're sort of earning and upgrading new superpowers, which is genius and fun, and I love. One of them, I think my favorite, although never really used it too much, was called Death From Above, which is a reference to bombs, nuclear bombs. So if I sped on up, and by that I mean ran up the side of a giant building and jumped off, and then 
pushed this death from above button, I would speed towards the ground, and then once I hit, an explosion that would take out an entire city block would sort of fill the screen, and just awesome looking. You never really get a chance to use it per se, but uh, pretty cool. Uh, I was, I even have written down in my note here, gonna say that a particular character during this game will betray you. I'm not going to say which one. Huh, how about that? A little tease for you. So uh, I, I don't mind a little double cross, especially when I was getting along so well with all these folk that I had rescued along the way. It did piss me off. Gave me a genuine sense of, what the fuck? After I, after I helped you so much, you're going to do this to me, you bastard? Within that mission, this is another one of my favorite things, within that mission, oh, this might give it away who it is, actually. Uh, it might not, because you would have to see a particular movie for this to make sense and for this to give it away. Within that mission, Rowdy, Roddy Piper appears and helps me along. Uh, once you complete that mission, you can, and you can do this with a lot of characters in the game, call them up on your phone, and they will come fight by your side. Uh, I never actually used that ability until I had the ability to goddamn call Rowdy Roddy Piper to fight by my side whenever I wanted. And I will say, awesomely voiced by him, so I uh, went that extra step and got Rowdy Roddy himself to voice the character. Uh, I didn't realize until that point that one of my life dreams had been to fight at the side of Rowdy Roddy Piper. God damn awesome. He is... Uh, he's a weird dude, I think, in real life. If you ever see him uh, acting in anything, first thing that comes to mind is it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Whenever he makes an appearance on that, he's just friggin... He's got comedy chops. He's got comedy chops. There's a movie, which, what the hell, I'll give it away because I want to, called They Live, in which he is the star with a certain person in this video game. Okay, okay. And uh, he has probably, I think, my favorite line from any movie um, ever. I might butcher it here because I haven't written it down. Something along the lines of, uh, I am here to kick ass and chew bubblegum. And I'm all out of bubblegum. That is awesome. You know what? I don't think. Maybe he did say it within this game. I don't remember hearing it. I wish he did. I hope he did. Maybe I just missed it. Okay, so that will leave everything behind with the exception of the finale. Hmm. Finale starts it's sort of broken up into parts. It's a fairly lengthy chunk, which makes sense. Uh, it happens quite often, as it does in video games, that you'll reach a spot where, where it'll say, Oh, this is it. If you go on from now, there's no turning back. And uh, I like that option, just to know that shit's going to fucking start going down pretty serious now. Started out with a, a key escort mission. And by that, I mean a giant key that I had to escort to the bad guy's stronghold. Uh, once this key was sort of inserted and up and running, it distorted everything within this giant virtual reality simulation to sort of crazy degrees. So people would have like giant heads with their eyes popping out, or they'd all look kind of glitchy, but um, on purpose. And uh, shit would just randomly sort of explode all over the place. So you're taking an already crazy city in which you have superpowers and then just making it sort of go haywire. So crazy on top of haywire, 
is pretty goddamn awesome. In fact, I think, potentially, and I'm not saying this 100%, but Crazy on Haywire may just be the title of this episode. Hey, I like it. I like it. Uh, then this sort of develops that I'm going from spot to spot in order to disrupt this simulation. Uh, I'm bringing buddies with me who have to help disrupt. We're just full of disruption, and it is good. Uh-oh. I have uh, traffic things brewing here that I don't like the looks of. I think I may be having to take a detour of some sort, which is bad for me, maybe good for you, because it might mean you get a longer podcast. Cops everywhere, flashing lights, giant tow trucks. All right, we're good, we're good. Okay, so I uh, better move on quick, because I thought that was going to mean I had much more time, but no, it looks like they've cleared up the accidents. Maybe, perhaps, I am living in a virtual reality world, and I don't even realize it, and some shit just went haywire. I don't know. Anything's possible. Uh, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. There's some sections between the key and the crazy city and it destabilizing. Uh, eventually, after things happen that are undisclosed due to me not spoiling them and uh, me running out of time, hey, best of both worlds, I reach the ship of Zinyak. I reach the ship of Zinyak, however, because this is the real world now, I don't have any goddamn superpowers, so that ain't good. I feel weakened and ineffectual and perhaps impotent. So what do we do to solve this? Well, the the gang stumbles across a armory, as you do aboard a giant spaceship. Within said armory is a suit of power armor. Sort of, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of had a, what the hell is that show, Power Rangers kind of feel to the armor. Uh, so I put that on, and then for the most part, all of my superpowers that I had in the virtual reality have been restored. So that's nice. I like that. I battle my way through the ship good, 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 and eventually reach the man, the myth, the legend himself, Zinyak, who has battled bazillions of star systems and always come out on top. He has legion after legion of followers at his beck and call. So, what are we going to do? We're going to have a little fight. Uh, it was an okay fight, I suppose. Started out with he in a giant mech suit, me in this power armor. Eventually, I beat him down. Uh, I was kind of hoping for a little bit more, just sort of over-the-topness. Something I thought they could have done would be to have a ship battle, but that never actually came to place. Like, my ship versus his ship kind of thing. But no, it was sort of mono a mono. Once I got him out of his out of his sort of giant mech suit and me and my me and his power armor, he was sort of done from that point on. It was a, it was an interesting fight. I had to use some of the powers I had sort of accrued along the way, which makes sense. You always want to do that. Uh, it's just, I think, well, I mentioned it uh, this morning that because you start as the president of the goddamn United States uh, with an alien invasion and the world exploding, where do you go from there? Where do you go from there? How, what is your last battle going to be like if that is your first battle? Uh, they kind of painted themselves into a corner a little bit, just in terms of the final battle. The, the whole game, awesome, awesome, awesome. They they did up antes throughout. However, final battle, meh. It wasn't an upped ante, I didn't feel like. Still good, though. Still good. Ending with me defeating him. Huh? Ending 
with me ripping his head off of his body and his spine sort of dangling beneath. Uh-huh. Little, uh, little Mortal Kombat type reference there for you. Ending with me, because I had defeated this most powerful man in the entire universe, taking over his ship. And by association, his legions and all the people he has conquered throughout the universe are now at my beck and call. So that's where we're going to leave for this game. <laughs> Goddamn next game, I'm going to be, I guess, the president of the universe. Where the hell do you go from there? This is sort of a, a big spoiler that I'm going to give away. And uh, I looked online about this. Because I had done every single mission that could be done, I got, as they say, the good ending. But there was, I think, just two different endings. One in which I beat him, and that's kind of it, game over. However, because I was a completionist, I get the good ending, yay, 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 which meant that there is sort of hints that time travel exists. What? So, not only could I potentially go back and save the Earth, but there's sort of, during the ending credits, pictures, sort of a kind of a collage of me in various moments in the history of humankind. So, potentially, Saints Row the Five, the Fifth, I will be traveling through time. In fact, the sort of very, very, very last scene involves sort of, I guess, me meeting up with Jane Austen. <laughs> yeah, Saints Row the Five, your character, the president of the universe, will be kicking back with Jane motherfucking Austin. Folks, I'm at home. Uh, I want to leave it with one thing, uh, and that is that one thing, and that is that this game also, sort of in the ending wrapping up of things, ended with a dance-off. A dance-off to the song, This Is How We Do It, where all the folks I had saved along the way would do sort of a la the uh, Soul Train that's kind of a Soul Train line and had a little dance-off, including Zinniac himself, who I had murdered minutes ago. So uh, I very much like that they added that at the end. Hey, a dance-off to end a game? Why the hell not? Folks, I'm at home. We did it. I couldn't have done it without you. I will say, as I do from time to time, in, in fact, about 179 times now, I do believe, that it is nice to be nice the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Nah, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine?
The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine. Live long and prosper.